Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With what's going on with the early season games. Like, but fuck it, let's go over with the goddamn Stanley Cup. everybody welcome in to the start of a new chapter season four episode one of the Bruins and Bruins podcast as we charge into the 2022-23 NHL season my name is Cam Hasbrook joined by the usual suspects Drew Dube Schmoob Johnson as well as Chris Gear. Chris is making a funny face. I don't know what I don't, that was I don't get about. a fun nickname. Okay. All right. Oh I, I thought all right I thought you were upset about me saying the usual suspects and I was like oh man I mean, it is a Kevin Spacey movie, so maybe we should cancel it. I don't know. <laughs> cancel it all. You are listening to the Bruins and Bruins podcast, a the hockey podcast, network podcast presented by Bruins diehards and pride diehards. How are we feeling, guys? Hockey one is know. back. I'm feeling one, one and know. The check line is on fire. We got a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, that opening 5-2 to win against the Capitals in just a second. But first, we got a little bit of housekeeping news. For the start of season four, we've got a website, www.bruisingbruins.com, freshly launched today, October the 13th of 2022. Uh, go check it out. We've got some pretty cool stuff on there. You can obviously listen to the pod right on the site. We've got our Twitter feed and all that. Uh, we're launching a Bruise News blog, which is going to be a reader a blog style, or reader contributed rather, blog style forum. So if you want to chip in and Give us some weird content. We're not trying to do like, I mean, I guess if you want to do like game recaps or something, you can, but I think we really imagine this as, as kind of more of a creative space for people to have some fun with uh, non-traditional blog posts and that sort of thing. Uh, we've also got a spot on our website where you can actually call in and leave a message for the show, which we can then clip and use for listener questions in case you aren't on Twitter. So a lot of cool stuff there. Check us out. Uh, the brand new website. We've also tweeted it out uh, at Bruise and Bruins, but Let's get to some hockey. Well, first let's get some beer because that's that's the way the the name goes for our title. It's Bruise and then Bruins. So, Chris, I know you're excited to debut something special here for our first episode of the new season. What you got over there? I'm debuting something special. It is it is something very special. I have a Miller Lite, a fine Whoa. Pilsner beer. I've never heard of them before. You can you can read this however you want as a fine pilsner beer or a fine pilsner beer uh, i choose to read it as the former the highbrow version mm-hmm. uh oh yeah that's delicious um it's nutritious it's got that wheat in it it's got that wheat you crave um that is a uh drinkability 37 always a 37 uh, drew you don't have to drop it on on the season four drop no um, <laughs> and for tasteability i mean 
as far as light beers go, you can still taste that it's a beer. Uh, we'll go 17. I, I'm i kind of – I don't know if this is like sacrilege to our podcast, but I, I feel like now that we're on our fourth season and we're actually – you know, we got a little bit of steam going here, not that it's anything anything crazy, but I feel like maybe we should add an enjoyability rating so that we actually are quantifying whether or not we're liking the beers after doing several hundred episodes of, of reviews in which we don't state that. I kind of I think we usually like just note it if we think it's good. I like the rating system because it doesn't help anyone. Yeah, it's pretty it pretty all. ambiguous. All right, I guess we'll just we'll just keep it to the notes then. Uh, if any listeners are mad, uh, you can drop us a line at our website and specifically address Chris and Drew for that. So I, I will also note that while this is in a can, I I know this beer like the back of my hand. This passes the Drew test. You can see through it. You can drink it. It's a tasteable beer. You can drink. And drinkable podcast you can taste. That's Very what we transparent. Here. Uh, dude, Schmoo, what you got over there, my man? Tossing it across town. So, something else we tossed on Twitter today was uh, I did like eight beer reviews at Nonsuch Brewing in Scarborough. Uh, I had to edit that four minute video down to two minutes and 16 seconds, which was harder than I thought it would be, but I did it. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Nonsuch Brewing Company uh in scarborough maine uh, or sorry none such river brewing um yeah i got the 2.0 which i reviewed in that video as well it's an ipa um a toast to the east coast balanced by a hit of hops um yeah so it pairs well with wings grilled fish and thai food apparently uh i'm not eating any of those things uh but it's a 5.3 percent Right, tropical and citrusy with a clean malt finish. Drinkability. It is very drinkable for an IPA. I forget what I reviewed it. Um, I'm gonna go like a like a 28. Tasteability, you can taste it, uh, which means it's higher than one. Um IPA wise, like the hoppy, the hops are there, but you do get is it more of that citrusy? It's a it's a really like nice blend. It's blended very nicely between that citrusy taste and that hoppy taste. Uh, tasteability is going to be like a like a twenty nine. Sick, beauty. Um, Isabel, you uh, you got anything to say about this watermelon juice you got over here? Mm. Watermelon juice? No. No. Um, a thousand percent tasteability. Wow, we we love that. That's a whole um, new chart. I love it. And any updates on whether you watch the hockey games? Mm-hmm. I cheered for the Bruins a little. Yeah. Okay. Right. Nice. Got cheered for the cheered for the Bruins a little. Um, you like that? Yeah. And that's that's progress. After uh, I do not watch the hockey games, so go back and <laughs> check it out for that one. Uh, I'm drinking a Labatt Blue Canadian Pilsner, even though I'm pretty sure it's made in Buffalo. I don't understand. I, I really don't get it because it says imported by Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York, but then it says product of Canada, Brewing Company of Canada, Toronto. I don't really yeah, know how that works. That, like, that, that means it's it's brewed in Toronto and, and then, then they import in. it. To yeah. Buffalo, so like yeah, they, you can only drink right. it if it goes through Buffalo. It's got to go through the middleman in Buffalo. I'm, I'm guessing they import the the like kegs or vats or whatever, and then bottle it in Buffalo. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, Labatt Blue. If Let's you're have them on. We can ask. Order, it's some good stuff. <laughs> 
crispy, reliable. Uh, when it comes to the light beers, I feel like it's right up there with like Miller, uh, maybe you know, slightly below Miller, uh, with the cores, lights, and stuff. Definitely a step above Bud Light. It can be the, uh, okay. like a 36. I don't know if you can get much higher than this. I'm gonna leave a little bit of room there. Uh, tasteability, like a solid 14, which I think is good for a, a light beer. Uh, obviously, it's nothing that's too crazy with the with the you know mass produced light beer, but I think it is quite good. So, um, and it would pass the Drew test. You can absolutely see Drew uh, through a cup of Labatt Blue Light. So, um, well, only if you have Drew here, which which we luckily do. So, let's talk about a little hockey. Uh, you can only see me through. Are back, uh, convincing for the most part, five to two win over the Washington Capitals, got off to a really hot start, jumping out to a three to nothing lead. Things got a little bit shaky. We'll call it entertaining in the middle. They let the Capitals score two, became one goal game, but the Bruins then pulled away in the end and finished it off with an empty netter. Uh, The highlight of the night, I think, was the return of David Krejci, which we will talk about in a second. (laughs) But uh, outside of the check line, because I know we're going to get into a lot of that, and that's probably going to take a majority of this podcast knowing us. Uh, did anybody have any other takeaways uh, about that first first game here? Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, so I think one of the things we talked about the last couple seasons with early season games is not to get too high and too low with with what's going on with the early season games. Like, but fuck it, let's go over with the goddamn Stanley Cup! Yeah, you, you could say this is a perennially good Washington Capitals team and the Bruins pretty handily dealt with them. Um, but what I'm looking for early season games is how quickly are guys ready, especially the older guys and Patrice Bergeron looked good out there. And that's kind of the main thing that I was looking for. And I mean, obviously you said, we're going to, we're going to get to Krejci later, but uh, he looked great too. Um, no, those guys are, have the type of game that ages well, not super worried about them. They can probably play until they're 42 if they want to. Um, not super worried, but it's always good to see. All right, they look crisp out there. We'll keep an eye on that as the season goes on. But that's those are the guys you want getting going early. Yeah. Uh, two things that stuck out to me um, for starters, I had no idea which way uh, Jim Montgomery was going to go with the goalies, but um, he went with the veteran for game one, Linus Olmark. I thought Olmark looked great, 33 saves on 35 shots against a Pretty strong Washington team. I, I, they were really kind of stepping on the gas there in the middle frame. Uh, Bruins have not been a great second period team for the last couple of years, uh, but Olmark was able to keep that. I think if he gives up that game time goal in the second, then that game changes a lot. Uh, but he's able to kind of hold it off, and the Bruins are able to grab that next one, which is critical. Uh, so that was really big. And the other thing that stuck out to me was obviously the Bruins, like Chris said, I think with a pretty comfortable win against a, a perennial playoff team you know not necessarily a perennial cup contender but um definitely a team that's been in the playoffs and at least in the hunt for a stanley cup over the course of the last decade and doing it without two of their best three players in in martian and mcavoy which i think was really promising uh obviously don't want to get too high on on game one of 82 but uh, i think a lot of positives to look out there and when you think about adding you know two of the three most skilled players in the team back in the next couple weeks months it's certainly something to get excited about yeah, and let's not undersell Matt Grizzlick there too, because that's that's a big one too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, uh, Drew, you look like you're 
I was I was hoping uh, Chris would address the elephant in the room first. Uh, our boy Mikey Riley. Hey, uh, I was I was gonna let someone else bring I, that up. So honestly, I, can... I I know like not the best game out of him, but that one pinch that everybody's talking about was I don't think that was really a bad pinch. Like he he came in, he had two guys behind him. Which if I'm a defenseman and you've got two guys behind you, you can make that pinch. It was a 50-50 puck. He kind of wanted to begin with, and actually was. Kind of crazy who got caught flat-footed. Granted, he was in a tough spot, but and the pinch old. that led to the goal, I think, was not that bad. And especially when you consider like Montgomery's going to have the you know we've seen it all preseason. I think it's one of the things he talked about. But having the D join the rush that you're going to get burned mm-hmm. on that back end sometimes. The yeah. Bruins put up five in the season opener. The offense was flying. I I don't I'm not upset yeah. about that pitch. And, and let's let's pretend like uh, Mike Riley didn't directly contribute to a goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's the give and take. He, he yeah. started the he started the breakout on the Krejci goal. Um, or no, that was uh, that was Zaka. It was uh, the Hall goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like give give and take there, but um, I mean, I'm not convincing anyone at this point. Like, if if you hate Mike Riley, like you're you're not going to be swayed by this game. If you love Mike Riley, you're not going to be swayed by this game. That's kind of the that's what he gives you. Like he's gives one you of, nothing. <laughs> he's one of the best on the team in breaking out from the defensive zone. He's one of the worst on the team at denying zone entries. Like that's just gonna happen. But I mean, I'll I'll take a everybody like one of the biggest complaints on the Bruins for years was how they can't get out of the defensive zone. Yeah, it's all of those teams that were like the borderline playoff teams, the ones that barely missed the playoffs. That was the big complaint is they just can't transition. And now you have three defensemen on your team who can effectively transition from the defensive zone. And Mike Riley is one of them. Um, I don't know why you're, why you would be trying to get rid of that, but Hey, so anyway, Mike Riley should be back to waivers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I agree with you, Chris. And yes, he he did well. And I think also that's uh, part of that, that. Like you said, Montgomery is encouraging that kind of play, the, the defense to get a little bit more active on the offensive side, uh, which they have the skill set to do it. Um, but I think that could also be when you see it twice, when you see them caught in the zone twice for a goal, that's when you're a little concerned. Uh, just like, ah, oh, really again. Um, but at the same time, it's also early in the season that that shit's going to happen. Um, yeah. And you, you live and you learn. And he, uh, he offered up in a, he got an assist on that play too. Right. I know he created the breakout, but I think he got an apple on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he finished, uh, so, I think one assist and then, um, he was on obviously the ice for the goal against, but he was an even zero, which is yeah. fine for me. Yeah, you, you, you get, I'm not a huge plus minus guy, but like you know, no, you give him nothing. Yeah, you, you you give and take, and you break even, and that's Mike Riley. Yeah, I mean, again, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to get burned on on odd man rushes, but it, you know, if if this is the the style, the Bruins going to go a little more running gun, and especially with having the D jump in, it is going to be a give and take. And you look at a couple of the goals that they scored last night and. They don't score those goals unless they're, you know, going to leave themselves a little bit vulnerable on the counterattack. So it's definitely a give and take. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes over the course of a, of a longer sample size. But I will say 
from an entertainment perspective and an ability to generate offense, which was the issue, especially down the stretch last season. Um, I definitely saw some promising things last night. So that's definitely, uh, you know, something to, to keep an eye on, especially uh, with no offense to our good friends out on the West Coast, uh, or I guess perhaps the East of Chris. But uh, with the Yotes coming to town this weekend, there's some potential for a barn burner uh, if the Bruins can can jump on that defense early on Saturday. So, um, all right, let's get to it. Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little hey, check line. Hey. Oh, hey. wait, first, first, sorry. Getting the NFL action. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. Feel. Uh, sweat. Like did you get those uh, those cool football terms from your, the ad copy, or did you just like pull those from your head? Oh, no, those are the ad copy. Oh, okay. Touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins. Yeah. Um, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Discuss a matchup you like, team or player you are excited about, odds for upcoming games, etc. Anybody got anything to add there? Very cool, Drew. Go To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So 531 days since David Krejci was last in a Bruins uniform, losing to the New York Islanders in the playoffs, which is hard to believe now. Uh, something we talked about a lot over the offseason once we heard he was coming back. Uh, but now we've seen it on the ice, and I think it's very safe to say that the expectation and the reality lined up uh, in game one out of 82. The check line dominated again. Krejci and Pasternak, quite frankly, just looking like the Harlem Globetrotters out there this week. Uh, I'm very excited to see what they can do if everyone stays healthy over the course or you know throughout most of the course of the season. Um, but just it was it was cathartic to watch Krejci and, and Pasternak back on on the ice together and uh, we saw it earlier this year in the world championships with Czechia but these two have a connection that's just you know borderline telegraphic it's it's insane um and watching them on the ice has been absolutely a pleasure through 60 minutes or less that they and obviously less they were on together but uh what did you guys think just you know enjoying that soaking up 46 and 88 back on the same sheet of ice together again yeah, I think it's great. And I think something people forget, you know, they always talk about there's this Czech chemistry and all that. Uh, they have the f- same first name. So I think that's just, you know, you got <laughs> to yeah. consider that. Um, no, I, I mean, obviously, it's great to see Krejci back. Um, I mean, you saw it in preseason. They were clicking. You could really tell in preseason that that chemistry was there. It was exciting, but it's preseason. That doesn't count for anything. Um, so it was really good to see it. Uh, right there um, in a regular season game, the game that mattered. Um, I mean, 
that just bodes very well that once again, like, like last year it was like Bergeron, you know, you got that line one, you got the erection line. Um, and then after that, it's like, you got Halla there who was like a decent placeholder for a second line center coil. Wasn't really, you know, living up to his contract where we thought he'd be next in line for that second line center role. Uh, so, you know, you go from a place where it's like, all right, how are we going to get through this? Bergeron's leaving soon. We got to think about replacements. Uh, your eyes are kind of set on the future to wham, Krejci's back. He's clicking with Pasternak like this. Marshawn's not even around yet. McAvoy's not even around yet. Grizz, like you just, it, it, you're suddenly starting to think about like, oh, now this is our year now. You know, the boys are back. They're going for it one more time. You're not even thinking about next season. Uh, which I think, you know, even though it's game one, some people still had their eye on the future uh, last season, at the beginning of last season. Like, is this the last time I'm going to see Bergeron? And you have that feeling again, probably last time we're going to see Bergeron, probably last time we're going to see Krejci, uh, you know, their last seasons. But it's really good to see, and it bodes really well. And it's like, you know, over that offseason, they've gone from will they make the playoffs to, hey, depending on how these older guys perform, as Chris was kind of saying, could can these guys make an actual run and one game, but looking like it. Yeah. Again, I can't get too high. Can't get too low. One game, all that. We'll add that asterisk to everything today, but um, it does feel like there's a little bit different of a feeling for sure. Like I feel like last year, cautiously optimistic about guys like Swayman, Olmark, uh, even Pasternak, McAvoy taking the next step. Um, but it did feel like there was kind of that like looming axe over, you know, just waiting, waiting to swing, whether it was at the end of the year or if it ended up being the next year. And some of those possibilities are obviously still there, like Bergeron, Krejci, like Drew just said, but it just doesn't feel as scary anymore. Because, and maybe it's just because it feels like this team can really compete and go out on the right note. And it's not just, you know, I felt like the tower was slowly falling apart over the last couple of years between Chara and Tuca and, Krejci, it seemed like, and, and Bergeron maybe, but all of a sudden, you know, it's not completely back together, but you're getting some of those core pieces back, and then you're throwing in some of the younger guys who have really had a couple of years to develop, and, you know, you got a true, true number one defenseman in McAvoy now. You brought in Hampus Lindholm at the end of last season, which I think is massive. You have another true stud defenseman. You bring back Krejci, hopefully Hall is healthy. You've seen the chemistry that they've had together, so... I, it feels a little different this year again, and and like Drew said, there are certainly some question marks on the future, but I think for now it feels like there's still something to be excited about now, and and you know we'll deal with the rest when when we get to it. Yeah, I mean, just like real exciting stuff. I mean, obviously, I I've I've heard a lot of people saying they wanted to keep things as much together as possible as it's going to be when the team is fully healthy, but I mean. I think you really got to put Hall on that top line while Marchand's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for one for getting Zaka the experience on that second line. Um, you, you get to kind of see what he looks like when he's playing with two really good players. Um, and I mean, obviously Hall gets some time with Bergeron. That's not going to hurt anybody. No. Um, but when when you do have that second line with Hall and Pasternak and Krejci all together. I mean, the things that we talked about last year were how much Hall is going to miss Krejci because it was so exciting when the two of those when the two of them were together. Um, but on the plus side, Hall and Pasternak together was going to be sick. Like Hall was kind of going to be that replacement for Krejci for Pasternak, and that really is how it worked. 
But really the upshot here is what happens with Pasternak when you get both of them. And I mean, I, I stocks. I mean, <laughs> I, I think you're looking at uh, having to pay that man a lot of money. Um, I mean, he came out of that one with four points. Uh, the, the goal he scored was really just him, a uh, really solid individual effort, but also you saw the chemistry with Krejci. Um, really that, that Krejci goal was Zaka breakout Krejci, like excellent pass to Krejci, excellent pass from Krejci to create that opportunity for Pasternak. Pasta didn't quite finish it up, but Krejci was right there behind him to clean up for him. And I mean, it, the, that's that's like just textbook breakout stuff. I don't know if I was on. looking through rose-colored glasses there, but on that replay, like it looked like he was passing it off the pads. Like I don't I don't know if he knew Krejci was coming in or probably not, or maybe you know what I mean. It was just like shoot low pad, never get a re, you know get a rebound that kind of thing. But like the way he spanked it off, like it was it was right there. Like I just watched that happen, and I was like, I don't I'm probably just like a little too horned up for these guys right now. But it feels like it feels <laughs> like that was intentional. I mean, I think he was trying to tuck it five hole, but probably yeah. You guys do that. Guys do that with the knowledge that if if somebody's behind me, like they'll clean yeah. that up because the the goal he's got is paddle between like covering the five hole, like his glove is his gloves around. covering high, so he's not gonna be able to trap it or anything. So there's gonna be a rebound. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other I, thing that was that was the that was the sickest goal of the of the bunch. Oh, I yeah. thought. It was, I, yeah, and especially that was off the back of, was that the one off the back of that breakout or was that the other one? I don't know. They were, they were, there was the one breakout that was like, it was just a straight south and north breakout that led to one of their goals. I don't, I think that might have been the one, but um, the other thing though that really impressed me about Pasternak last night, and this is the result of, of playing with, with Patrice Bergeron for a couple of seasons, is, he was obviously lighting up on the score sheet, but I thought he was backtracking really well. And even the one goal that they gave up off that Riley pinch, he was the guy who was covering the center. He didn't quite get back in time, but he was pissed. Uh, he backtracked his ass off and gave up the goal, and he smoked his stick across the crossbar. Like that's not something you see out of many guys who are putting up four points a night. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, it would have been nice if he had prevented the goal, but. Um, just seeing that effort, I think, and, and understanding that even a player like him who's going to go out there and put up four in a night is still responsible for a 200-foot game, even without a guy like Bergeron there on his shoulder, you know, reminding him he's got to do it. I think that's something that's really promising. And, and obviously we've seen Krejci and even Hall to a certain extent kind of up their game in the, in the D zone the past few years. So, Well, yeah, you, you mentioned playing with Bergeron, but I think a lot of the time what we forget is the benefit of playing with Marshan. Mm-hmm. for for a guy like Pasternak like is he following that that development curve where Marshan went from being like 20ish goal scorer and maybe he'll get you like 15 assists to a guy who's 35 40 goal scorer get you maybe like 30 something assists then became like an 80 point guy and then suddenly was dishing out assists everywhere playing a 200 foot game, giving you a hundred points. And I mean, once again, let's not overreact to one game, but it's a goal and three assists and they weren't cheap assists. Like they're good ones. It sure wasn't a cheap goal. (laughs) This guy's, this guy's looking like a playmaker plus scorer. Like, uh, I mean, and that's something where this team is going to be, so to speak under new management next year. Like I, the idea is that 
Bergeron and Krejci are moving on. And I mean, Martian's getting older. Um, this is going to be a Pasternak McAvoy team. And if he's trying to claim that kind of I'm the guy spot, um, it, not necessarily the captaincy, but like maybe he's gunning for it. Um, I mean, he, if he starts putting up MVP type numbers, like, yeah, you're going to have to look at him as that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing that stood out last night, again, small sample size, but uh, dominance in the faceoff circle. Only one player below uh, 50%, which was ironically Krejci. Uh, Bergeron, 15 to 7 in wins. Charlie Coyle on that third line, eight wins, one faceoff lost, 88%. Again, small sample size and all that, but um, that's just, I think, goes to show you another, another positive of Krejci coming back in the lineup and pushing those other guys down a slot is that you're going to give guys like Charlie Coyle easier matchups and Again, it's you're not going to win the Stanley Cup because of faceoffs, but having possession to start, you know, more than fifty percent of your of your plays are, is, is an important thing. So um, it's those little things that you got to keep paying attention for over the, the course of any two game season. But um, yeah, I don't know anybody other any straggler thoughts. Are you ready to just feast on some some Arizona Coyote on Saturday? I actually uh, I saw a Coyote this morning as I was leaving for work, and I don't know what kind of omen that was, but I, I I will say there was a bear in my dad's neighborhood this week in New York, in like Albany area, and I he was like, "Oh, it's sketchy," and I was like, "It's a good omen right there, my man." It probably wasn't a Bruin, but you know what I mean. It was I think it was a black bear, but still, omens all around. You never know. Go check out www bruisingbruins.com leave us a message you can end up on the show yeah site looks sick leave leave us reviews leave us messages whatever you can do on the website just do it it's all fun and games should we uh should we start singing out again we haven't been singing out maybe it's true Well, they don't stop coming and they won't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they won't stop coming.